Welcome to Just Go Grind, a show that focuses on helping you launch and grow a business and navigate the ups and downs of entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Justin Gordon, and in this episode, we have Olivia Owens, who is the creator and general manager of iFund Women of Color. She's also the head of partnerships at iFund Women, the platform for female entrepreneurs to raise capital through crowdfunding, grants, coaching, and the connections needed to launch and grow successful businesses. Olivia was a founding team member of iFund Women, which launched in 2016 and continues to help women raise millions of dollars in capital. In this episode, we go through all things fundraising, talk all about iPhone Women and also iPhone Women of Color, which launched in January of 2020. As always, the show notes can be found at justgogrind.com slash podcast, and you can support the show by leaving a rating and review over an Apple podcast. I would so much appreciate that. And the Weekly Grind, my weekly newsletter with tips, tools, and strategies for growing a business can be found at justgogrind.com slash newsletter. Without further ado, here is Olivia Owens, creator and general manager, iPhone Women of Color. Olivia, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, happy to have you on. And where I want to get started is for people who are not familiar, what is iFund Women? Yeah, so iFund Women is a startup funding platform for women entrepreneurs and the people who want to fund them. So we work with early stage entrepreneurs in getting their businesses off the ground by providing access to capital through rewards-based crowdfunding and grants, expert business coaching, and we have community component as well. I love it. Absolutely love it. And then you started iPhone Women of Color. What is then this uh, offshoot of, of iPhone Women? Sure. So iPhone Women of Color is a platform dedicated to diverse entrepreneurs. And ultimately, I launched it because I was the first hire outside of the co-founding team. I am a woman of color. And in coaching um, the women of color in our community, I definitely recognized a deeper hesitation towards crowdfunding. Um, but on the other side, I've seen it work for women of color, particularly my mom crowdfunded for her business on iFund Women, which is how I initially found out about it. And so really, I wanted to kind of manage that gap and, and make crowdfunding feel more accessible um, for women of color and, and helping them launching and grow their businesses. Yeah. And what was that business? I'm just curious. Uh, so my mom is in the financial services industry. She is a wealth coach. Um, okay. And so she raised $30,000 for an app that's like Weight Watchers for your finances and teaches you how to pay down debt, save and invest your money. That's awesome. And to that point, then, what are some of the different projects or things you've seen that are getting funded on uh, iPhone Women? Yeah, it runs the gamut. I think there is this assumption that you need a product to be able to crowdfund successfully, but we really see B2B businesses do really well. And we see everything from um, farm to table restaurants, to mobile apps, to clothing lines, to um, communities, co-working spaces. It really, really spans industry. Um, and I think that really speaks to the method that we've built in terms of how we coach our entrepreneurs to approach a crowdfunding campaign, because it comes becomes so much less about um, the type of product that you're creating and more so about the ultimate value that you can provide to your network in exchange for their support in helping you uh, launch or grow your business. Yeah. And in that coaching process, I mean, what are some of the things you, you're kind of talking about, you know, discussing with them around going like kind of this equity crowdfunding uh, model? 
Yeah. So we're actually rewards-based crowdfunding. So no equity. Yeah. No equity exchange. So you are just selling your products, services, content experiences in exchange for cash for your business. Um, And where we start with our entrepreneurs is where you typically start when it comes to your business is your pitch, getting really clear on your messaging around the problem that you're solving and how your product or service solves that problem. Um, And I think one of the biggest misconceptions around crowdfunding is that there are magical money elves out there just waiting to (laughs) sprinkle money in to campaigns. Um, But the reality is the majority of the people who are going to contribute to your campaign are going to be people that you know, or people who have been exposed to your business before. And so understanding that a portion of your network might be in your target audience, but some of them might not necessarily know the problem that you're solving. And so your pitch and your ability to really clearly explain what it is that you're looking to do is going to be how you educate the people around you on why they should support you. Um, The next step of our process is actually mapping out your network, kind of getting a clear roadmap for where these funds are coming from and what are the different buckets of your network from your friends and family to your existing customer base to whether you're in a bunch of different entrepreneurship communities. So you're surrounded by entrepreneurs Um, And then once you have that understanding, you can move on to your reward strategy. So again, those different things that you're going to sell. And so it's kind of taking a step back and thinking about what are the things people are already asking me for, um, whether I have a, a background in marketing. And so for the entrepreneurs in my network, they're always coming to me for marketing support or on the side, I'm a yoga instructor. My friends and family love um, when I, I do yoga with them, um, but my business is a tech app for moms. Um, but I'm going to sell yoga to my friends and family. I'm going to sell marketing consultations to my entrepreneur friends, and they're going to help me fund this thing that I'm trying to create. Love it. And one thing we didn't really discuss, like let's talk a little bit more about kind of the problem with, with funding amongst women. Can you discuss a little mm-hmm. bit about kind of the situation where people aren't familiar with the lack of funding for women? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the statistic that we always start with at iFund Women is only 1% of founders, regardless of their gender, ever raise venture capital. Um, And so if that's the broader reality, and we also know that women only receive 2.6% of that 1%, um, yeah, it's... Definitely daunting, um, but that's why we're really dogmatic about alternative funding options, um, i.e. crowdfunding and grants where um, you can kind of go around those different challenges when it comes to um, raising venture capital, whether you're pitching an investor who doesn't understand um, the the larger need for the problem that you're solving. I think that that comes into play particularly with women of color because typically they're creating solutions to the problems that they experience. And if you are pitching to a white man who has never had that experience, um, that's an added obstacle and barrier. Um, But if you turn to your community who can understand the problem and has the funds to help you, then that's really where crowdfunding can become a lucrative tool in terms of proving demand for your product or service. Absolutely. And, and uh, yeah, the, it's such a small number. I think it's important you mentioned that even like 1% of businesses are even get that the venture capital in the first place. It, it's a very small number that companies that are actually going to go venture capital route and then of that route is even smaller for, for women. Um, and then just under, understanding that there are different funding options, I think is is incredibly important. And um, going just a little bit deeper into kind of your program uh, with iPhone Women mm-hmm. of Color, uh, you kind of talked about a little bit about it already. Can you go a little bit deeper into like how how long is this program? Like uh, in terms of like how you're helping people. I know it's 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 crowdfunding, but can you just have a little more details on this. How it works from kind of like beginning to end when someone gets started. 
Totally. So um, we launched iPhone Women of Color back in January of this year. Um, so still a fairly new platform. Um, and we've seen amazing response from our community. Um, and really, the the purpose of it is to create that community of diverse founders who have that shared experience and can feel that validation in the different things that they go through in their day to day as um, an entrepreneur. And so what they get access to through it, it's not like an end to end program. It's kind of an ongoing thing that they can tap into whenever they need to. We do weekly office hours where we get on the line and kind of talk through the obstacles that we're facing in our businesses or talk about our wins um, and, and just connect. Um, we also do um, group coaching through workshops and classes where they're getting to connect with experts in different areas around um, their business, whether it's leveraging LinkedIn for your business or how to build community or Google Analytics 101, all of those different topics that we understand you can't be an expert in all of it. Sure. But how can we give you that base level foundation to step into that area of your business with confidence? Um, and then we also launched iPhone Women of Color with our founding partner, Caress, um, and they recently announced that they're investing a million dollars into this community, starting with $500,000 in COVID-19 wow. um, grants uh, for 200 women of color in our community. And so um, the funding piece is also very crucial when it comes to iPhone Women of Color, because what we haven't talked about is that while women only receive 2.6% of that 1%, uh, black women only receive 0.006% and Latinx women receive 0.32%. So um, there's even a deeper <laughs> devastation <laughs> yeah. um, when you're a woman of color entrepreneur. Jeez. Uh, definitely doesn't make things easier, but I love what you're doing with this then to to help people. And and one thing I'm curious about, because I only kind of recently heard about iPhone women even, and then iPhone women of color after that, how are you getting the word out? How are you kind of spreading the word about iPhone women of color? Yeah. Um, so I think the most beautiful thing about iFund Women is that we really have carved out this beautiful niche for ourselves in the sense that there are so many communities filled with women entrepreneurs out there. Sure. And we've been able to create some amazing partnerships. Um, and our key differentiator is that we have the funding source. Um, so while there are all of these amazing communities out there where you can connect and collaborate, people come to iFund Women because when they're ready to, to access the capital. Um, and so we've done it through partnerships. I'm the head of partnerships as well at iFund Women. Um, and that's really been core to our business since we launched back in 2016, um, partnering with communities like um, Girlboss. Um, and we also have been doing different grant programs. So we've launched a few different grant programs. Um, we have one with Visa running right now, specific for Black women-owned businesses. Um, we did a grant program with Adidas. They were looking to uh, fund um, entrepreneurs who are reimagining the sports space for women and girls. And so through those broader partnerships as well, it's helped us get the word out about what we're doing. That's amazing. And when you when you started iPhone Women of Color, when you took this initiative, what did you see as this consisting of and being like just stamping out what iPhone Women was doing, but for for women of color? Like what did you see as kind of the vision for like what this was going to be? And then where is this at now? I know it just launched in 2020. I'm just curious on like what that was though. Yeah, the ultimate vision was 
my overall mission is to reframe the narrative around what it means to have a successful business. I think the only stories that we hear are when somebody raises millions of dollars of venture capital, but we've seen so many beautiful success stories on our platform. And so my goal is to create more real success stories. A successful business means you have revenue. And so helping- (laughs) Wait, making money. (laughs) (laughs) Radical, I know. Crazy, Um, so crazy. But so helping these businesses- be revenue forward um, and and being able to tell those stories and see what the women on our platform go do above and beyond us. And I think that's the other beautiful thing in terms of when we talk about what's the future of iPhone women, what's the future of iPhone women of color is we want to support these entrepreneurs as they progress through their funding journey. So we really see crowdfunding as the first stop to prove demand uh, without uh, going into debt. Um, and then we see many women on our platform crowdfund and then go on to raise a seed round. Um, and so part of our coaching program is also about how do you raise a seed round? How do you, um, master your VC pitch deck? And so uh, helping them as they continue on their journey is the future that we're looking for. And so many of the women and I find women of color right now are in that early, early, early stage. Um, and so right now we're focused on helping them make revenue. And then it's, okay, where are we going from there? Yeah. And depending on, of course, every founder's different in terms of what they want as well, in terms of what the ambition exactly. is. You know, some people want to build the biggest business possible. Some people uh, want to just set a business that they love, that they will enjoy. And if it's smaller, so be it. You know, it just depends on what you want, which I think has always been kind of an important thing to really do the self-reflection on what you want as an entrepreneur. Because to your point, all you see is the millions of dollars being raised. And that's an easy story to tell on the TechCrunch, on whatever publication. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you could be a very happy founder making hundreds of thousands, thousands, millions of dollars that will never be even like a venture backed company, but it would be an amazing company. So I think that's kind of the first thing to think about. And with iPhone Women of Color, I guess, how do you think through what you want to offer to entrepreneurs? Because there's so many different ways you could help them. Um, I'm curious as to like how you decide on, you know, oh, we need to have this partner in this space or or whatever. Like how are you deciding on what you're offering to, to entrepreneurs to help them? Yeah, I think that's the beauty of having a community is that they can tell you. Um, I think that so much of the work that we do through our coaching has has given us the ability to be on the pulse of what our entrepreneurs need. Yep. Um, and so particularly when it comes to coaching women of color, um, I think the top two challenges um, that I've really seen is not feeling like they have a strong enough network um, to be able to leverage different funding options. Again, I talked about how crowdfunding is really an exercise in leveraging your network. And so if you don't feel like you have that network that you can turn to, um, crowdfunding could feel inaccessible for you. And so how do we create educational tools and create connections for you that, that help you get to that network that you need to get your business off the ground. Um, I think another thing that we see is imposter syndrome a lot. And so that's really where the pitch comes in and making sure you have that clear messaging that you're confident in, because at the end of the day, people are going to be confident in you based on how confident you are in yourself. Um, And so helping them overcome that. And something, a theme that I've definitely been hearing in the past couple of weeks is there's a certain component of women of color entrepreneurs and women entrepreneurs in general being underestimated. Um, And so if 
people externally are underestimating you, then why why would you not start to question, am I right for this? Do I have what it takes? And so on. And so I think having those spaces where you can come and have those vulnerable conversations, that that's what we're doing on a week-to-week basis, um, is being really honest about that and getting that validation that we need to know that we're not crazy. <laughs> um, this is real. This is valid. And um, despite that, we're still going to accomplish what we set out to, to accomplish. Yes, absolutely. And there's so much that you're offering here with, with iPhone Women of Color, with iPhone Women as well. What is the what is the business model behind this? Because obviously to have people working on, on this to help others, like there has to be some type of, of model. Like I'm curious, what is kind of the business model behind like iPhone Women and iPhone Women of Color? Yeah, so we have a, a few different ways um, that we make money. Of course, we have our crowdfunding platform. There is no upfront cost to crowdfund, um, but similar to other platforms, we take a 5% fee on contributions to campaigns. Um, and then we have our coaching platform. Um, so we have a monthly and an annual coaching membership that people can opt into. And then we also have our uh, grant programs um, where we run these grants for the partners that we're working with. Awesome. Yeah, I was just curious about that because it's definitely a side of it where people, you know, if they're thinking of starting their own thing, it's like, oh, how would you even start a a, a crowdfunding platform? Like that's mm-hmm. obviously understanding the business model behind it is is going to be important as well. And and with having started iPhone Women of Color just this year in 2020, early on, um, what have been the mistakes that you've made or mistakes you wish you wouldn't have made uh, in, in the past, you know, seven-ish months of, of, of building this? Yeah, I mean, I think... I think the reality of the moment that we're in with quarantine and COVID-19 is this requirement to be flexible. Um, so we had all of these grand plans for how we were going to launch iPhone Women of Color with an event and, and all of these things, and that immediately got shut down. And so I think it was just such a reminder that um, in this journey, your ability to be flexible and not get so attached to um, the idea, but but be more so attached to the overall mission, because that's the thing. Uh, what we set out to do is exactly what we're doing. We're putting funds directly into the hands of women of color entrepreneurs. And so um, I think I have learned yet again um, the importance of flexibility. Yeah. I mean, everyone's had to be, be flexible given given the times and everything has changed. And it's been interesting to see, even in this environment, how people have adapted their companies, mm-hmm. their thinking uh, you know, around things when they're being forced to adapt. You don't really have a choice. Uh, it's adapt or die essentially exactly um and yeah and, and with with kind of a, with having women then and understanding that need to adapt and how things are changing like what is kind of the the next step so looking forward in in the next six months it's so un- unclear and uncertain let's just say because of covid like what are the next things uh, you're doing with iphone women and iphone women of color as well to to kind of grow i'm curious about that yeah, I think what is so beautiful about the company that we, we've built is we were well prepared for this moment. Um, I think that particularly right now, there's a, a huge spotlight on Black women-owned businesses um, and supporting them and showing up for them. And again, that's work that we were already doing. There's, <laughs> there's a huge a spotlight on funding these businesses. That's something that we've already been doing. And we have a vehicle for you to be able to do that through our platform. And so um, I think we are in such a beautiful moment of finally the broader conversation aligning with the work that we're doing. And so it's just a matter of continuing on that path. 
um, and and reaching more women um, as po- as many women as possible. Um, and I think it's just kind of keeping our heads down and, and keeping going because we've really kind of hit this stride. Yeah. And and with that too, kind of like looking forward to that and what you're doing there, I just want to step back to the entrepreneurs themselves again. Are there mm-hmm. are there certain people in particular that are a better fit for this route or, um, you know, people might be wondering, well, I just have an idea. Is this enough to get, like, like who are the people, I guess, that would be a good fit or good to start? Is it every, every woman? Like, I'm curious as to that in terms of the people for the platform. Yeah, I think we really see all different stages. Um, there are so many kind of different need states for crowdfunding. But in addition, if crowdfunding isn't something that you think you're interested in, um, we still do broader business coaching as well. Um, and so I think if you are a woman entrepreneur who is trying to get a business off the ground and you're sitting there um, and banging your head against the wall and you just need somebody to talk to, yeah. um, come to iFund Women because <laughs> that's it. <laughs> what we're here to do. We're here to um, help you overcome those obstacles. And I think what makes our platform um, so impactful is we are our own customers. Um, We raised our seed round um, back in January of last year. We're currently raising our Series A. And so as we are going through this journey, we're able to pay forward our learnings, pay forward our mistakes, and and help our customers avoid those obstacles. And so um, I would say whether you're at the idea stage, whether you have some customers, whether you're you're looking to raise VC, um, we really have kind of built this holistic platform for the entire funding journey. I love it. And one thing that's interesting to me is hearing about this and helping people understand different options they have for funding and going crowdfunding, for instance, and then even on building the companies I just had on Christian Pavarelli from We Are No Code and talking about no code tools to get traction on building a product without having the coding skills. And you know, when you combine kind of these few different things of understanding how you can build products uh, and with with no coding experience and then you can crowdfund for instance to get the funding to go forward from there it's like there's just so many options i think that people don't always necessarily know that are available um and understand that you have these yeah no code tools plus you have things like iphone women iphone women of color and helping on the crowdfunding it's just it's a lot of power to really help people to, to change our lives, uh, actually, and uh, to become entrepreneurs where it wasn't so clear before as to how people would go about that. I totally agree. And I, I think that the work that I want to do is pulling back the curtain on what it actually takes. We do um, a series called The Funding Journey, where we sit down with founders and talk about, okay, but how did you actually fund this thing? Um, And there are some situations where it's like, oh, well, my brother was able to mortgage his house and gave you the money to get it off the ground. And then it's like, okay, well, if that's not your scenario, stop comparing yourself to that (laughs) founder. Um, And so find the founders who are in scenarios similar to yours um, and getting getting an understanding on, on how they do did it um, is so important. And I think that's kind of like the the biggest challenge that iFund Women has is um, if somebody doesn't understand crowdfunding, they don't think that it's for them. Um, and so we have this standard crowdfunding 101 webinar that we do where we break it down. And every single time we give the workshop, <laughs> everyone's like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. Wow. And it's just, it's exciting. It's this beautiful moment of you feel like you're exposing somebody to this beautiful secret. Um, um, but I, I'm ready for it to no longer be a secret. Um, I'm ready for everyone to know that this is how you should be launching your business. 
Yeah. And it's going to be interesting as these things grow and people do hear about it. And, mm-hmm. you know, what will people do in terms of like, you know, future of work, let's just say, especially as you're looking at being more remote currently and people kind of going towards that trend of, oh, wait, like people are just going to start building businesses. And obviously it's not for everyone, but to combine the no code stuff or whatever services and products they can have to offer with fundraising options like iFund Women, it's as the word gets spread about it, it's going to be really interesting to see how that progresses and how many people then become entrepreneurs and get funding and build just amazing things. I totally agree. And I think the other thing uh, that is so brilliant about crowdfunding is it allows you to fail fast and fail cheap. We know the majority of startups fail. Um, but if you're able to do it in a low risk environment and then learn from it um, and and take those learnings into your next business, it's going to prevent the amount that you're going into debt or spending years and years of your life trying to perfect this thing that ultimately nobody wants to buy. And so crowdfunding allows you to answer that question. Are people actually interested in buying this thing that I'm creating? Yep, absolutely. And one of the people I talked to recently, he had done crowdfunding uh, a little bit further along and raised, I think he's raised a million or a million plus uh, on crowdfunding. Mm-hmm. I'm curious as to with your platform too, are you seeing people at different stages, just early stage founders, and people even uh, farther along uh, raising through crowdfunding? I'm curious as to that side of things too. Yeah, definitely. We have... Um... We have further along businesses, whether they're crowdfunding to like launch a new arm of what they're doing. Maybe they've built this this community and now they want to launch a membership platform um, or they're a clothing line that's been in market and they're they're interested in launching a plus size collection and seeing if that's something that their their um, customer base is interested in. So we definitely see all different stages. We if I were to break down kind of the different need states that we see, um, it's for pre-selling. Um, or pre-tailing your product. It's for marketing, sales and marketing, just getting the word out about what you're doing. Um, it's for market research. Um, it's for building out your prototype. Um, there are definitely a bunch of different ways to leverage it. That's great. And looking at this experience you have, obviously, with with these companies then and seeing, seeing so many different companies, what are some of the first things that entrepreneurs should be thinking about as they're launching their businesses? Yeah, so the first thing is... Is there a broader problem that you're trying to solve? Um, if you, especially because I think so often we create businesses that solve the problems that we experience in life. So getting an understanding of how many other people are experiencing this, and then I think immediately next the question should be, how can I make money off of this? Um, because I, if you're if you're creating a business that doesn't have the ability to make money, um, it's going to be very hard for you to get further down the line. And so. Um, I think it's interesting um, what you were talking about in terms of looking at the the down the line of what you want to accomplish with this business, because that's the first um, coaching call that we recommend our entrepreneurs take is my capital plan. Um, where do I see this business going and what are the different funding options that I'm going to leverage to get there based on um, my overall goal? Um, so I would say first step, What's the broader problem that you're solving? And then how is your solution going to solve that problem? And then how is it going to make money? Love it. And in the last you know, seven months of, of, of growing and, and building iPhone Women of Color, and then also with your experience at iPhone Women, what have been any valuable uh, books or resources for you as you've kind of gone through this journey? Yeah, uh, 
books, resources. Resources, I would say, so I fund women um, in the early, early days of COVID. We made all of our workshops free on our platform. And then we have a workshop library um, where all of that content lives. It's a gold mine. Um, so I highly recommend digging into there. Um, we have Teachable on there, teaching how to build online classes uh, using their platform. Um, we have Mighty Networks coming on in a, in a couple weeks talking about how to monetize um, your online community, which is so important. So I would say dig into there. Um, and then in terms of books, I would just say from like a career perspective, two of the books that I um, read that really helped me are The Alchemist and Three Feet from Gold. Um, kind of when you're setting out on a journey and not really sure where it's going to go, creating that strength in yourself and that confidence in yourself to to keep going and make it happen. So those are my two. Love it. The Alchemist is so great. I think I've read it like a dozen times at this point. Exactly. And that's <laughs> the best part. You can keep rereading it. Yeah, because then you're always at a different stage in your life the next time you read it or a different part of your life. And then, mm -hmm. then the lessons hit you in a different way. You're like, ah, oh, that's so good. It's so good. That is the beauty. <laughs> exactly. And and with, with your role too, I'm curious always, like how do you manage manage your time day to day? What does that look like in your current role? Yeah, um, it looks really special. Um, I will say, so I was the first hire outside of the co-founding team. And I think yep. my saving grace now is we're at 16 employees. So I'm not in this by myself. <laughs> and so I think one of my biggest challenges is asking for help. It's something I've always struggled with. But uh, the more that I do that, the easier it becomes to get done the things that I need to do. Um, and I'm also currently reading this book, Do Last by Kate Northrup. Um, that is kind of reframing how I'm working my days in terms of my like a cycle of, okay, on these days, I can be high energy on these days. If I know that I had a day full of calls before, I'm going to make sure I'm carving out that time and space for rest. Um, and so I think that's the other beauty about quarantine before my job was kind of like running around to different events and, and being all over the place and traveling. And so now that I kind of get to be in one place all the time, it's really allowed me to create a routine. Um, that works. And so I would say I balance it by asking for help and being thoughtful about what I'm going to need in the future and thinking about my future self. Yes, which is so important. And to that point, think about your future self and also taking care of yourself. Like, what do you do to kind of recharge uh, away from work? Yeah. Um, so I also have a bunch of outside projects that I do for myself. I have a podcast that, that I do with my best friend. Um, What's the name? I have a new. Um, it's called OJ. We got the juice. Ooh, um, yeah, we just talk about life um, and the obstacles that come and um, fun stuff. It's it's a good time. It's a nice <laughs> way to kind of take a step back from closing the funding gap for women entrepreneurs and um, talk about the other things that go on. Um, I have a newsletter that I do on a weekly basis called the Discomfort Zone, where we talk about kind of different topics that are uncomfortable to talk about. Uh, I started with privilege um, and kind of allyship, which I think is super relevant right now. Um, and kind of as I go on this personal development journey, I'm, I'm sharing it with the community that I'm building. So um, I do that. And then I've just been doing a lot of reading too, um, kind of zoning out and, and stepping into a different world. So 
those are kind of the ways that I recharge. Love it. And love it how your recharging is by doing other projects and more things to learn and grow, <laughs> which is like, which is always interesting where I felt the same way. Like, what do you do to step away from work? Oh, I work just on other things. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'm like, I'm really, I think I used to look at that as a negative thing and beat myself up about it. But you know what? If that's what works for me, that that's what works for me. And yeah. Uh, giving myself grace in that sense. Yeah. And that, I, I've mentioned this quote before, but I'll mention it again. Uh, and it always kind of resonates with me in terms of thinking about like, oh, what work-life balance and what I set my time on is this quote from Annie Dillard that says, how we spend our days is how we spend our lives. And if, yes. I'm, if I'm doing the things I want to do, it doesn't matter if like, this is work, not work. It's just life. And that, that's how I'm spending my days because I want to, and that's how I want to spend my life. And so uh, I think that's always interesting to think about that as well when people think about like, judgments on how they spend their time or like I should be just not working here or whatever it's like it all flows it all ebbs and flows and there's gonna be times where you quote-unquote work more or less but just like are you doing the things you want to do on a day-to-day basis whatever label they have I totally I totally agree I just finished reading The Untethered Soul Mm. um and one of the pieces in there is like if you only had a month to live how would you spend your time and I wrote it out and I was like oh wow there's a lot of things that I'm doing that aren't serving me, but there are also a lot of things that um, I haven't taken the time to put my effort into. And if those are the things that came up when I decided I only had a month to live, then I need to <laughs> reframe and, and make space for those things too. Yes, absolutely. And Olivia, what other is there anything else you would you would tell uh, entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs as kind of our, our wrap up this interview here? Yeah, I I think kind of something that I said a couple of different times is you don't have to do this alone. Um, I think entrepreneurship can feel like such a lonely journey um, and your ability to tap into the communities that work for you um, and give you the support that you need um, is how this is going to be a much easier path of least resistance uh, because there are people who are ahead of you in the journey um, that can pay for their expertise and their knowledge. And then there are so many platforms out there that are literally built to help you. And so it's just about um, stepping into it. Love it. And Olivia, where can people go to learn more about iPhone women, iPhone women of color? Yes. So you can head to iPhoneWomen.com um, and look through all of our resources. Follow us on Instagram at iFundWomen. Um, and then we also have a Slack network that you can join um, for free and tap into our community. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show today. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Just Go Grind. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen. The Weekly Grind, which is my weekly newsletter, comes out every single Friday. You can find it at justgogrind.com slash newsletter. This is filled with tips, tools, and strategies for growing your business. If you want to know how to launch a business, how to grow it, how to get it off the ground, find employees, all these different things. There's a few tips, tools, and strategies every single week I deliver right to you. Justgogrind.com slash newsletter. Check it out. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you in the next episode.